At least, she hadn't said Sister Devon. Well, you're not an escaped convict, are you, Devon? He asked. She looked at him. Is there a prison around here? He smiled. Just kidding, he said. Where are you headed? For lack of a better answer, she said, Seattle, eventually. He whistled. You're a long ways from there. What brings you to this old back road? She shrugged. It's where I was dropped off, but I'm heading for 101. You hitching rides? She nodded. Her ride over the mountain had been planned, but was kept secret. Yes, 101 will have more traffic, she said. Unless the police see you, then it could get complicated. I'll watch. Devin wasn't really headed to Seattle, but she just said that because that was where she came from originally. She thought there might be a shelter or charity of some kind in one of the bigger towns on the coast. I don't know this area very well. Is there a town or city near Highway 101 that's pretty big? Big enough that it might have a shelter or maybe a hostel? She asked him. Couple, Raleigh replied. Listen, I have an idea. You decide exactly where you need to go, and I'll fix you up with transportation. How's that? Why? She asked suspiciously. Why would you do that? I've been in your spot, hitching rides, looking for the easiest way to get from here to there, taking a little help sometimes. I normally went to the VA when I needed a little assistance. He paused. You got room for a little breakfast? Because that's my job in the morning. Perking the coffee, warming up egg sandwiches, watching the sun come over the mountains. It's not far from the highway, neither. I could show you a map while you and the little one eat something. No, thank you. I have a couple of apples for later. I know that look of no money, he said. Been wearing it and seeing it for 40 years now. No charge for the map or the breakfast. Then I'll give you a ride to wherever you need to go to catch your next ride. It ain't no gamble. I admit, I ain't always been the best person in the world, but I ain't yet done nobody harm. You can hang on to those apples. Raleigh didn't know for certain, but he was pretty sure the young woman was from the Fellowship, a small religious compound along the river in Douglas County. She was wearing their uniform, or habit, of overalls, sturdy shoes, long-sleeved t-shirt with one button at the neck, and a long, thick single braid down her back. He donated to the group a couple of times himself and had noticed that the women were all attired the same, while the few men in evidence all wore their own combinations of jeans, plaid or chambray shirts, hats, and down vests. A few months back, when Cooper had been renovating the old bait shop and turning it into a first-rate bar and cafe, Raleigh had taken the used industrial-sized washers and dryers, along with a lot of kitchen wares they couldn't use, over to the fellowship compound. They were a private bunch, 
but he knew they had a roadside stand near their compound where they sold produce, quilts, and woven goods. He'd only stopped once and had seen a group of them gathered around the stall, the women doing the business and the men helping with the heavy work, but mainly just presiding over everything. And he'd seen a few of them wandering around the farmer's market in Myrtle Creek, where they sometimes had a stand. Again, the women together in a tight knot, and the men following along or standing behind them, watching. He'd never given the group a second thought until this morning, when he found the young woman and her child walking down the deserted road at dawn. Now he wondered what that group was all about. Beautiful, young, smiling, soft-spoken women, apparently watched over by big, silent men who were clearly in charge. The girl seemed skittish, so Raleigh played his cards close to his vest. As they drove the 20-